on this prequel episode, we're learning about party fiction and previewing Crazy Rich Asians. Well, welcome back to this film's lit podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. It's a prequel episode. We're talking about party fiction. We're previewing Crazy Rich Asians. But first, we're following up. We're going to start doing this in new segment. Uh, after we pick a winner in our book versus movie uh, final verdict, we're going to let people vote on their favorite on social media, and we'll discuss it a little bit in these prequel episodes. So we have a we had a, several polls up for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a mm-hmm. Twitter poll and a Facebook poll, uh, and then you had an Instagram post. Yes, um, which was an attempt to direct people to the polls. Right. Uh, so the results are, on Twitter, it was a dead-even split. Mm-hmm. 50-50. 50-50. Like six votes for each or something like something that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and then on Facebook, uh, it's slightly... We had a tiebreaker, at least. Uh, at Facebook, it went thirty-one sixty-nine in favor of the book. Mm-hmm. And that one had like... 15 votes or something total? Yeah. Something like that. So not a ton, but still enough. To come up with a winner. Uh, so the book won, technically. Technically, If yeah. you could count everything all out, I'll add everything all up. Uh, and then on Instagram, uh, people got were mad. We got some kind of salty comments. Yeah. Um, I don't think all of them were ill-natured. No, I, I agree. Um, I agree. <laughs> but we did get some kind of salty comments. But the thing that was interesting to me was that nobody ever said why they preferred the book. I felt the same way, I, although I will say that I think it's just because, I mean, we didn't say in that post why we why I picked the movie like that post didn't say why you know what I mean? Sure. And so if if, if some of those people, if, if possibly if those people weren't listeners and just saw that, you know, on their explore page or whatever, saw that post saying that the movie's better, they were like, no, idiot. <laughs> um but and maybe you know maybe they didn't go listen to our opinions because yeah but nobody had any input in the comment section of that on why they yeah. preferred the book um and i like what you wrote here um i do think it's important to have a reason why you prefer the book or the movie or the movie uh and more so than just i like and this is the thing that was i wonder sometimes if people cuz this is maybe a little bit more i how i used to feel Mm-hmm. Um, was well, it it's the book's better because the way the book came first, and then the movie changed stuff. Like, yeah, it. Uh, I like like if you prefer the way the book did it for some reason, maybe express that reason. Like, why is what the book did better than what you found the movie did? Um, but yeah, the book's not better because it's a book or because it did it first. Yeah, those are both really bad arguments. Those aren't. (laughs) um, Like, I think that I was pretty clear in my final verdict for that. that, And I also, I I, I can also see why people, because I I do think it's, again, I was comparing just the first book Mm -hmm. to the first movie. And I think a lot of people sort of lump all of the books kind of as the story, maybe, to some extent. Uh, maybe not. I could be wrong about that, but I, uh, I think, yeah, 
Oh, all the reasons I said in the in the main episode for why I think I preferred. I don't. Pref- it's not that I preferred the movie. And again, our whole thing is kind of tongue in cheek. It's not that one is better than the other. That's how we kind of label yeah. it for the sake of brevity and for the sake of you know like um uh, cr- uh for getting a reaction like a right. Sort of, but the idea of like oh which is better the book or the movie it's more of like a framework yeah that we work within and less of like a a concrete decision yeah. of like <laughs> this thing is objectively better than this thing um, because there are lots of ways in which the book is way better than the movie and other ways mm-hmm. that I think the movie is better than the book. And just as an overall experience, I prefer the movie. And that is almost always the case yeah. with the properties that we talk about, too. I mean, we have had like we have done things where it's like, OK, well, the book is clearly better or yeah. even sometimes the movie is clearly better. Yeah. But more often than not. Yeah, we give our, our reasons um, and then we follow that up by saying, but the other thing is also worth your time because yeah. it's also a really good piece of media. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's interesting. It's interesting. And I think a lot of people sort of knee jerk uh, in that sort of book first movie crowd. People who are, have read a, a book um, kind of get tied to that mm-hmm. interpretation of it or that, you know. Which is, you know, you might argue that about us with Harry Potter to some extent. I mean, we did pick every single book over every single movie. Yeah. But I think we were also pretty, um, you know, gave pretty good arguments for places where we definitely thought the movies did smart things or better things. And mm-hmm. why the books were better. Uh, you know, in I Harry mean, Potter's yeah, case, we discussed the themes a lot. and Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the crux of it to me. And I, I always do my best to have, to try to have really good reasons yeah. why I prefer one over the other. Because yeah. I, I don't feel like it's productive to just say, well, the book is better because it's a book. Uh, yeah, or because, uh, yeah, because they changed, the yeah. movie sucks because they changed all these things. Because that's one of the things that you can see a lot. It's like, well, it sucks because they changed stuff. It's like, but do those changes suck? Or is it yeah. just different? Or are you, yeah, or are you just mad because it's different? <laughs> yeah, like there's, I mean, they can change <laughs> things and they can be worse, but they can change things and it can be better, or it can change things and they can be fine. Like it can yeah. be you know, neutral, but uh, I think it's something to kind of keep in mind. Um, but you know, and again, I think a lot of that, again, it's an Instagram comment. Yeah. It's not, they don't have a, you know, the space to present their thesis on why they prefer the book. I understand all that. So that's it was whatever. I just thought it was interesting. Um, and kind of an interesting thing to talk about. So that was it. Uh, the book edges out the movie, uh, in contrast to my opinion. Uh, I, I'm not again, like I said, I, it's pretty close <laughs> dead even for me. It's like a slight tick and just overall mm-hmm. satisfaction for the movie, but it's not like this thing that I think is vastly better in any particular way. So all right. What do you have? I, well, I was going to say, um, we, I mean, we are, I would like to continue doing yeah. the follow up polls. And you know, if you, if you do disagree with us, like we would love to hear why. Oh yeah. I would love, I would actually super love um, to hear, have people's comments be, I actually preferred the book because X, Y, Z yeah. couple things like that would be super interesting to me. Um, and why or why you disagree with what it may be if I if you did listen to the episode and I s- said something, you know, in my summation of why I picked the movie. If you're like, nah, I disagree with that. Yeah, that would be cool. I would like to hear that. Yeah, um, I, would, I would love to be able to have a conversation mm-hmm. and not just insult each other. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe break the mold of the Internet a little yeah. bit there. <laughs> yeah. 
that would be good. And I think most of our list, again, I wouldn't be surprised. I could be wrong, but I would bet some of the ones on co- the couple comments we got on Instagram that were like, you know, a little dis- dismissive, mm-hmm. maybe weren't listeners. Maybe. Maybe yeah. just people seeing the thing. Like, I would bet. Because I feel like if you listened to the episode, you wouldn't. Or they were good natured, like in the yeah. sense of like, you know, it would be my guess. I think if people who listened to the episode wouldn't be sort of dismissive of that. Uh, anyways, I could be wrong. Could have been all listeners, and they just were snarky mm-hmm. in the comments. For but I liked your idea too of um, following up that poll by posting a clip. From yeah, the episode. Yeah, I want to do that like or, from the final verdict segment. Not fi- yeah, maybe putting up a a section of the final verdict attached to the decision. Yeah. Of where whenever we because we're gonna put up the thing saying ah oh, the movie's better the book's better and then we may attach at least some portion of our final verdict with our explanation of why. Cause ours, mm-hmm. um, we usually do when we do it, come up, you know, we write, that's like one of the only parts of the show we like write generally. I know yeah. you write and I write it. Um, when I do it, we write a couple paragraphs, you know, kind of some summarizing why yeah. we picked it, what elements, uh, pushed what over the edge. So, um, yeah, I think we'll do that so that people who have maybe haven't listened can at least hear why, and mm-hmm. not just call us blasphemers because <laughs> we picked uh, um, the movie over the book. But anyways, uh, let's move on to learning things with this film is lit and talk about party fiction. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. All right. So party fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're talking about here is media. Um, and I'm going to stick kind of more specifically with books, but I think this can be any kind of media. Um, it's, so it's media that gives us a glimpse into the lives of the wealthy. Yeah. Um, we could also maybe call it wealth porn. Uh, I think I might prefer the term party fiction, um, but we could also call it uh, wealth porn. Yeah. Um, and what party fiction, uh, kind of what defines it is that you have a lot of reliance on description. Um, you get lists of food, you get detailed description of like clothing and setting and decor. Um, and it really results in sentences that are loaded with nouns and adjectives. Like there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And that reflects the kind of overabundance and the affluence that's present in the story. And of course, that translates into film really well, assuming you have enough money to throw yeah. at it. Yeah, that's true. Um, think of anything that you've ever watched that was just opulent. Yeah. Right? That's party fiction, it's wealth porn. Um, so, party fiction doesn't necessarily have to feature parties. But it usually does. Mm-hmm. Um, parties, balls, anything in that kind of oeuvre, right? Yeah. People eating and dressed to the nines um, and just engaging in that kind of indulgence and mm-hmm. like consumption. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple examples. Um, I would consider the Gossip Girl novels kind of an example of this, a more modern example. Um, Madame Bovary. Got a lot of balls in that one. Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton. Um, you could make an argument for Jane Austen's novels, although I don't know if they're like a perfect fit yeah. into this because hers don't so much rely on a lot of description. Um, she kind of leaves a lot open for the reader to fill in yeah. a little more than some other stuff does. Um, I never read any of the Pretty Little Liars books. 
but based on the TV show, I feel like you could maybe make a case for it falling into the genre. I don't know anything about it. (laughs) They always have, like, really nice clothes, and they're Mm. always going out and doing things. Okay. Um, And then, of course, like, the big one. Yeah. The definer of the genre, in a sense, The Great Gatsby. Yep. Um, So this is a genre that more often than not crosses over with two other genres. Um, So we have crossover with the rom-com, the romantic comedy, and then with the kind of uh, social critique novel. Um, So usually party fiction will end one of two ways. Um, You have like your Shakespearean comedy ending with the two leads getting together. If we take Pride and Prejudice as an example, it ends with a double wedding, which is incredibly Shakespearean comedy. Um, and then you have like your ending, which is a, that's a bleak commentary on access, on access, um, a la the great Gatsby, right? Excess. Yes. Um, everyone is disillusioned with this overly wealthy world as a whole. Money doesn't buy happiness. You can't always get what you want, et cetera, et cetera. Platitudes. Yeah. Um, so we have homework then a little bit of homework. Um, I am pretty sure that I know how crazy rich Asians will end up. But um, I want to talk about like what kind of genre crossover and ending we get here. Okay. Um, like I said, I th- I'm pretty sure I know how it'll end up, but I'm excited to discuss it. Um, and, you know, there might still be pres- that kind of social commentary present. Yeah. I-, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I'm also going to try and mark some of the descriptions in the book so that maybe as we're watching the movie, I can kind of compare yeah. how that those descriptions of all the, the lavishness really translated into film. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, that was a little primer on primer, primer. I never remember how that's supposed to be mm. pronounced on party fiction. Let's move on to crazy rich Asians book facts. March. We've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into first step. Nick, we can't afford this. So your family is rich? We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. All right. Crazy Rich Asians is a 2013 novel by Kevin Kwan. Um, it is the first in a trilogy, which I did not know. Um, and I think they're making more movies. Yes. They are. Okay. Sorry. I, it's in my movie facts, yeah. but yeah. Um, so the novel received positive reviews internationally um, from sources including New York Times, Boston Globe, The Independent. Uh, Janet Maslin writing for the New York Times, she said, Mr. Kwan knows how to deliver guilty pleasures. He keeps the repartee nicely outrageous, the excess wrenched, and the details wickedly delectable. Sounds like party fiction to me. Yes, it does. (laughs) Um, Kwan has also claimed that the novel is loosely based on his childhood in Singapore. Um, He said that he first developed what eventually became the second chapter of the book from a poem 
called Singapore Bible Study that he wrote while he was in college. Um, and the poem describes this, the study group as an excuse to gossip and show off new jewelry. Hmm. Um, so he, he later on, he adapted that poem into like a novel chapter. And then going off from there, he was like, you know what? I want to just write this story. Um, he's also said that he wrote the novel partly to introduce a contemporary Asia to a North American audience, which fair enough. Yeah. That's definitely something that a lot of, uh, American or just any North American sort of Western audiences probably don't have any sort of frame of reference for yeah. if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, so this book I discovered when I got it from the library, it has two of my four favorite extra things to find in a book. Um, probably my two most favorite things are maps and then suggested reading lists. And this book unfortunately doesn't have either mm. of those, but it does give definitions for words and phrases. It's not a glossary, which is too bad, but it is footnotes, which is also good. And it has a family tree, which is a thing that I love. I love family trees. I don't know if I've ever read a book that had a family tree in it. But. I love family trees because they remind me of reading American Girl books. Ah. They all which always had like family trees with like little portraits yeah. at the beginning. Well, if you need a map, you could just open a that's true. I could just look at a map of <laughs> you Singapore. Just look at a map. I guess. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> that fair. One, it's, it's a real place, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a deal. But yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on and talk about the movie. Yo, it's about time someone stood up to Auntie Eleanor. Well, you, not me. Oh God, she can't know I was ever here. I feel glorious, glorious. since I can remember, my family has been my whole life. Rachel! Rachel! If Nick chose me, he would lose his family. And if he chose his family, he might spend the rest of his life resenting you. You nasty! You got a nasty! You got nastier! Crazy Rich Asians is a 2018 film directed by John M. Chu, uh, who most notably uh, did... Now, he didn't direct Step Up 2 and 3, but he produced them, and he did direct 4 and 5, or vice versa. He directed two of the five Step Up movies and produced, like, the other two. I don't think I knew there were so many of them. I didn't either. I knew there was, like, one (laughs) or two, but I think probably 4 and 5 might have been, like... Like, direct direct to... Direct to streaming or something like that that kind of thing, maybe, if I had to guess. Uh, He also directed G.I. Joe Retaliation, which came out, I don't know, a few years Mm -hmm. before this. Uh, Gem and the Holograms, the live action one. Wasn't that like universally panned? Most of his movies. So G.I. Joe Retaliation did not get great reviews. Gem and the Holograms does not get great, got pretty bad reviews. And he also did Now You See Me 2, which I heard did not get good reviews, which is the Yikes. sequel to the magic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least that's what I, I don't know. I've never seen e- any of these movies, so... <laughs> Uh, I can't I can't comment on whether or not any of them are any good. He's also set to direct the upcoming film adaptation of Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, which is is the musical he did before. I didn't know that was getting. I didn't either. Cool. But yeah, it's been greenlit and is in production, apparently. Uh, And yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that's the one he did before Hamilton. So that was also nominated for a bunch of Tonys. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the first major uh, first film by a major Hollywood studio studio to feature a majority cast of Asian descent in a modern setting 
since the Joy Luck Club in 1993. So that's that's counting out things like historical right. dramas of some, yeah. you know, or like action, or like, like kung fu movies type. or fantasy movies yeah. or whatever. Um, hmm. That's but, quite the gap. Yeah. 1993 with the Joy Luck Club was the last time that that happened. That's also based on a book. It, d- it doesn't surprise me. It sounds like a book. <laughs> Uh, this movie grossed $238 million worldwide, making it the highest grossing romantic comedy in a decade. Wow. Which, there's a huge market in China, right? Film market in China right now. They mm-hmm. they do huge numbers, so I'm sure that was part of what made it, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. if I had to guess, I'm sure. Because, again, that's the worldwide. Um, it did really well in America, too. But uh, if I had to guess, that that was part of what where they made a lot of their money. And it was also nominated for two Golden Globes. Uh, Kosh, or, uh, I think Best... F- Comedy or now I can't remember. It was best actress for sure or supporting actress, uh-huh. and then I think it was best film, like comedy, the comedy musical genre mm-hmm. or whatever, because they have the two different categories yeah. in the Golden Globes for best movie. I thought it was, but I, I could, be, I think so. Um, so originally Netflix wanted to produce the film and offered a much bigger budget, uh, but Kevin Kwan, the author, deliberately turned down their offer in favor of a more modest thirty million dollar budget from Warner Brothers. And they did this because they wanted to send a message that Asian American studio movies could be commercially viable. Now, I would argue that Netflix is a studio. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not you know a traditional yeah um, studio system. Right, studio. and I, I get it from like just going off of the way that people perceive it. Right, like I get that. Right, uh, but they wanted like a wide theatrical release, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean by commercially viable in the sense that it goes to theaters and makes money. Yeah, um, as opposed to you know just everybody watching it on netflix or whatever uh producer nina jacobson one of the producers on the project uh later announced that china rich girlfriend and and an adaptation of the final installment in kwan's trilogy rich people problems will be filmed back to back uh lord of the rings hobbit style in 2020 (laughs) to reduce the wait time between those two films so they are in the works but they had to wait because a lot of the actors are doing other projects Mm so sounds really exhausting to film two movies back to back it does but they did three of them back to back for Lord of the Rings. Fair enough. Back to back to back, or all at once. Did I don't you know. really just like submerge yourself? Yeah. In- yeah. So there was some criticism for casting biracial actors over fully ethnically Chinese actors in some roles, mm-hmm. um, and uh, most notably uh, Hen- Henry Golding, the main character. I think the main character okay. um, is he is a uh, uh, biracial, and that he, there was some sort of call of just uh some criticism saying basically just like okay you're just casting people who look mm-hmm. like asian you know you're not, or who look chinese but you're not actually worried about having accurate representation but in contrast to those calling for chinese and east asian actors to fill its roles others particularly those in asian countries expressed expressed disappointment in the film's lack of ethnic south and southeast asians who have a prominent presence in singapore uh kirsten han a singaporean journalist said that the film obscured the malay indian and eurasian and more populations who make the country the culturally rich and unique place that it is some were critical critical towards the omission of the country's malays and indians the second and third largest ethnic groups in singapore respectively uh saying that it did not represent the multiracial population of singapore accurately hmm. Uh, and going on, Ian Chong, a political scientist at the National University of Singapore, commented uh, that the film represents the worst of Singapore. It erases minorities, it erases the poor and marginalized, and all you get are rich, privileged, ethnic Chinese. So, 
So a little bit of controversy kind of from different <laughs> angles on the casting and uh-huh. the representation and all that sort of thing, which is, you know, to be expected probably when you're doing such a, a, a unique yeah. project yeah. that's it's tough. I, I don't know, you know, because you, you, you're you're casting people to be in a, huge, a big budget film. So you have to have <laughs> to some extent it is business considerations they want to make sure they're casting people that are bankable mm-hmm. but they're also you know trying to balance it's i don't know it's, yeah. it's, it's and then yeah and i mean you want to cast at least a few people that are yeah. recognizable yeah and they and they're able to and, and i don't know the specific details of what characters were of what ethnic yeah ethnicity and what you know who they changed and what how they changed it and how that even i'm not remotely versed in the sort of the political landscape of Singapore and you know what it would mean to cast somebody who's not ethnically Chinese as somebody you know and I, yeah. I, that's all well beyond my pay grade um, but <laughs> me, it was suffice to say there was a, a no shortage of sort of um, discussion about yeah. how they where they kind of landed on casting well, at least and, we're having a discussion yeah um, yeah I, I mean I obviously can't yeah, I say I have no, I have um, no. I was just that's why I put the, I put these in here just to voice other people's yeah, opinions who yeah. are more, you know, who know potentially about the 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 topic at hand because I don't. Yeah, it's not and then that's I'm, what you want to do in that situation yeah. and, and give some direct quotes as you did. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I pulled all this. This is all yeah. from the Wikipedia article, so it's, <laughs> if you want to go look it up, there's a pretty can, pretty large chunk of the Wikipedia article is about this sort of thing. So if it interests you, you can go look and read that. I know very little about Singapore, but it uh, yeah, sounds no, like no, this may nothing. not be the thing to use to learn about no, Singapore. No, potentially not. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, potentially not. And who knows? Maybe they'll try to correct some of that in the sequels. Yeah. If they heard maybe. the criticism, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Um, I could also, you know, it may be, I'll be interested to see because the, this, uh, the last guy I quoted, um, he says it represents the worst of Singapore. It erases minorities, erases the poor and marginalized. All you get your get are rich, privileged ethnic Chinese. I'm interested to see if there's any sort of commentary on that, mm-hmm. or if it's literally just an erasure of those things and not any sort of critique of yeah the rich, privileged class. Yeah, you know I, what I mean. I like I, I know this is a rom com, but I am really interested to see if there's any element of social commentary yeah. here. Which sounds like maybe there isn't. Based on what this guy says, but who yeah. knows? Could be wrong, or you know, maybe I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. We shall see. That's that's the whole point of watching the movie. Well, I so, <laughs> guess maybe I'm also interested to see if I can even pick up on social. Yeah, commentary that's true. Yeah, it's like I don't know <laughs> so. if I'll necessarily get the social commentary because it's not a society that I have a deep wealth of understanding about. So. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, we'll find out. It'll be fun. Yep, so one week from today, you can check out our episode on Crazy Rich Asians. So come back at that time and do that. And until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else, keep reading books, keep watching movies, and, and keep, keep being awesome. awesome.